0: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8.
1: With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: I'm Helen Farmer and this is the Farmer's Kitchen podcast brought to you by Spinneys. It is a celebration of all things food. We were meeting Jamaican chef, the Italian slow food movement, learning more about edible flowers. The latest food news with Courtney Brandt asking the big questions like, what is the point of crinkle cut fries and... Should I be getting another air fryer? Plus, one of the biggest stars of Expo 2020, Bread Ahead, sadly said goodbye when Expo came to an end. But it's back in Dubai we were speaking to the founder about what it takes to open up, what were some of the questions they're asking about a new location, and of course, what is on the menu. Hopefully, those lemon curd donuts.
2: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8.
1: With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: You are indeed. We love introducing you to the chefs, the restaurateurs, the taste makers. and it is all about taste now. If you like your matcha, our next guests, uh, well, they're probably your new favourite people. They've opened up some dedicated matcha cafes right here in Dubai. It's called Blue Matcha. Joining us the founders now, we've got Ash and Rob with us. Robbie, tell us a little bit about, um, about you. How did you, uh, how did you guys meet? What, where did it all come together?
3: Hello. Hello. Uh, so, uh Ash and I met in the beginning of 2019. Uh we were both working for Zuma restaurants. Um we were both management there and that's when our friendship kind of blossomed. Uh Did your
0: eyes meet across a pile of matcha?
3: He almost picked me up from the airport. You can say that. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> uh and uh yeah, became really good friends. Um pandemic happened we both parted ways with zuma and we decided that i mean we're huge fans of japanese products and cuisine um and matcha was just kind of not made right in this region and we decided that it's going to be our goal to you know showcase matcha for the beautiful product that it is we're
0: educating the masses all right i want exactly. to know then ash for anyone that's not really like i've heard the word matcha, i've seen it on some menus Can you break it down for us? What exactly is this
4: product? Yeah, sure thing. Hi. Hi. Um, So Matcha is obviously a tea plant. Um,
0: You see, you see, uh, you say obviously. This is like your (laughs) bread and butter. I'm like, oh, okay, is it? (laughs) It's a tea plant. So yeah, it's
4: a tea plant grown in Japan. It cannot be called Matcha if it's not in Japan. Interesting. So yeah, um, it's a credible, credible, versatile product. And everybody sees it at this beautiful green powder. So there's a lot of effort it's been around for thousands and thousands of years it's got incredible health benefits full of antioxidants obviously caffeine also for the people that are looking for that caffeine kick Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's grown shade grown it's got this beautiful story behind it and then they pick it they dry it they stone grind it into this beautiful fine powder which then gets released to the market to be able to utilize in teas baking health products
0: can i ask then about quality I guess there must be a scale of quality yeah can you talk us through that
4: absolutely yeah sure so there's a huge scale of quality um dependent upon from the region it's grown you can almost partake it in the same line as like fine wine you know different regions grow different grapes in the same versus matches the same
0: do you think you could be a matcha sommelier
4: it takes many years, I think. But to the, I would to love to it, it would be it master. would be it would be cool. But, when, it would but in be terms
0: cool. of you know experts who are really tuned into it, could be ascertaining exactly you know age and absolutely,
4: absolutely. There are oh, tea sommeliers wow. in the world. There are there are many tea sommeliers that know exactly, absolutely, just like wine. They can smell it, they can taste it, etc.
0: Okay, I want to talk about how you're using it, Robbie. And actually, do you know what what for, I'm curious how this kind of love of one ingredient has grown into two locations that it's really kind of celebrated. Did you feel like that was a bit of a gap when it came to the education and the experience here in Dubai?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, matcha had um, had kind of a phase in the UAE a couple of years ago, and it kind of didn't go anywhere because it wasn't, you know, made right. Everyone's probably had matcha lattes that they think are too bitter or like clumpy and just not you know, not really good. And we knew that we could do it better. Um, So we created this amazing brand. Um, We really put a lot, a lot of emphasis and quality in our ingredients. We, um, you know, don't skimp out in terms of that. Uh, For example, you know, we make our own almond milk in-house,
0: so you we, make it. We make it. Yeah, you it's mil- a recipe. I'm milk constantly milking
3: almonds at home. You can ask people, it's crazy. Um, He's the
4: king of milking almonds. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Robbie.
3: No, um there's it's a nut juice joke that I'm not going yeah. go anywhere. Near. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's a recipe that my mom and I actually did have done for many, many years uh, back home in America and that was kind of when I came here and decided on doing this cafe. Um, I showed it to Ash and we were just like, we need to go ahead with this. So that's our staple drink is our vanilla almond matcha latte.
0: Tell us then a little bit about building a brand, because I think a lot of people have this idea of, "Okay, I love I love eating out. I love cafe culture. Um, I know a lot about food. I'm going to start a food concept. Ash, tell us a little bit about some of the work that has to go on behind the scenes before you open a door, even on a pop up, which you've had in the past. and certainly on a permanent basis.
4: Sure thing. I I think everybody has that wonderful idea it's fantastic but putting it into the actual bones of it and making it work mm. is really really tough there's lots of things to think about regarding logistics product sourcing branding itself how you know to work with somebody else obviously the ideas are here in your head and they're fantastic but then putting them from paper into reality you need some other great minds and i think it's a case of being able to expose those ideas to other creative people so that you're able to really get hold of that brand. So the minute it's out there, people feel it and it's, you know you get that tangibility. This is
2: Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye
4: 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well,
1: live well.
0: We have stolen away a couple of entrepreneurs from a very busy day. We have got the Matcha Masters with us today. Robbie and Ash with us from Blue Matcha, which leads me to ask you this, Ash. I think matcher, I think green. What's going on?
4: Exactly that. Why blue? <laughs> Why blue? <laughs> Why blue?
0: <laughs> it's so, a hook.
4: It's a hook, yeah. It's, uh, it's something that was just to create inquisitiveness, knowing that everybody knows that matcher's green. So you call something blue matcher, straight away it creates intrigue. People ask that question. And yeah, we do have blue matcher also, but it's not really matcher.
0: Oh, even more intrigue. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a little bit that's on the menu, Robbie, if that's all right. You've both obviously got a really strong F&B background. Is there anything that you kind of were putting together with Matcha and going, this is going to work? Oh, that doesn't work. Or anything you're like, let's try it. Oh, my goodness, this is amazing. Talk about through testing and tasting.
3: Yeah, of course. Um, So we've kind of... Made it. We do a lot of pop-ups and events and stuff. So at certain events, we always try different drinks um, and then we've had like seasonal menu changes. So we are now on the – let's call it two and a half version of our menu. Okay. So it's forever involving. Um, we always have our staples, which are vanilla almond matcha latte and our blue matcha latte. Those will always forever be there in terms of drinks. Um, we always like to have one juice-based, so non-milk-based matcha beverage. Um, right now it's the lychee matcha,
0: Ooh, that sounds which good. is really
3: delicious and refreshing. Then we always have lemonades, cleansers, stuff like that, some with matcha, some without. Um, but I will tell you our soft serve ice cream is definitely the biggest hit. Um, Who knew there was such a science behind making (laughs) soft-serve ice cream? Um, We had no idea. But we have two flavors that are staples. We have a classic matcha flavor soft-serve, and then we actually have a vanilla made with blue spirulina. So it is actually blue. Uh, But um, it's a classic vanilla, and it's amazing. And when they're done together in a swirl, nothing better.
0: Instagram moment. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) Done
3: in a (laughs) taiyaki cone, so in the shape of a fish. So a Japanese taiyaki waffle.
0: And it's healthy. I mean, it's ice cream, but it's got some health benefits. Absolutely.
4: Mm -hmm. Nostalgic, you know, so you've got to have some fun in there.
0: Um, I want to know a little bit about where you're hoping this to go, because I think I'm a massive champion of homegrown brands here in Dubai, and we're seeing some incredible recognition within the region, you know, World's 50 Best, of course, Michelin now here. Um, Do you feel like this could be the beginning of something regional or beyond that, Ash? What are you planning?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've the effort and the, the passion that we drive with this brand. And I think now the response. And, um, you know, I don't think matter is a fad. There's some great opportunity well, a, out there. It's got a huge
0: history to it, and for apps, one thing.
4: Absolutely, Helen, yeah. So I think now people are really buying into it in that in that mentality and knowing it's here around, it's been around for a thousand years, and it's going to be here to stay. And obviously we've got diversified things. We've got things up our sleeve that we're going to pop out when we can. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's definitely options and room uh,
5: for
0: growth. Absolutely. I'm kind of a couple of people asking where, where, where. So I guess I'm asking you that, Robbie. So tell us a little bit about the locations. You've had presence, you know, in different parts of town, but you've opened so, doors permanently. in a couple Yeah. Of spots. So we
3: um, first started, uh, we did a, like um, a pop up in Le Mer. So that was on, right on the beach. Um, out of an Airstream trailer, it went great. Um, now we have since moved. We have a permanent location in Galleria Mall, Al Barsha, inside the GG Concept Store.
0: That's a really foodie little mall, that one. Yeah, it's
3: a fun little mall. Yeah, and that is. one just opened, let's call it a month and a half ago, something Absolutely. like that. And then we also have another location in Al Sercal Avenue. So that's where our original Airstream has gone and been placed now. So we have a little Airstream and seating area right around there. Um, but we're always doing activations and pop-ups. Um,
0: it's the season now as well, isn't it? It its
3: We are quite busy. Coming up, let's think, we have the 25-hour hotel in DIFC. Love we're
0: fabulous. doing a
3: week-long pop-up from the 3rd to the 9th. So we'll be there, which is really exciting. Um, what else do we have? We've
4: got Ballers downtown on the 26th of this month um, for their Sunday social. So we're supporting them in collaboration. Um, we've got the Seeker Arts and Culture oh, Fest. We're going to be there. Favorites. Yeah, so We'll how, be there um, just with ice cream, though. That's good enough yeah. for me. Um, <laughs>
0: how important is it for you guys as founders to be on the ground and interacting with Customs Ash and getting an idea of what's going on?
4: Absolutely. It's imperative. And yes. I think that's something else that I think when somebody's starting out for themselves in whatever it may be, doesn't matter what business it is. Mm-hmm. I think that as a founder and the creators of that, you've got to be feet on the ground, inside the operation, hands-on, leading the guys from the front and also just to get involved with your clients, your customers, find out what, what their thoughts are, how it is, feel it, see it, because when, when you're in it, you can see all this happening and evolving. So I think, yeah, absolutely, 100%.
0: All right, last question. I'm going to ask it to both of you. Robbie, if we come to Blue Match this weekend, what is the one item on the menu we need to have in order to have the, the full experience?
4: It's got to be two. It's got to be two. I think you can choose one a, each. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. <laughs> quick,
6: quick conflict.
3: So conflap. I will say the vanilla almond matcha latte will be the, the, definitely the my favorite drink with our homemade almond milk. Absolutely incredible.
4: And then obviously with a side of our homemade soft serve ice cream in the taiyaki cone.
0: Sold. For anyone that's finding you online, what's the best way of, of finding you? And uh, I want to see the cone. I'm going to have a quick yeah. Google right now. Where can we find you on Instagram?
4: So our
3: Instagram is at blue, B-L-U, dot matcha. Uh, And then our website is www.blumacha.co.:
0: Guys, thank you so much. It's you, a uh, yeah. I did say to you off-air, I don't drink coffee and I don't like matcha, but you've converted me and I'm going to finish my matcha drink yes. during uh, <laughs> a bit of Marvin Gaye. Thank you so, so much. Have a wonderful weekend ahead. Thank you. Great to hear there's so much happening here and uh, so much passion for, as you say, something that's so historic, but we're seeing in a whole new light now. Thank you. Ash and Rob joining us. If you want details of Blue Matcha, just drop me a little message and say matcha and I will send you their link.
2: You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8.
1: With spinnies. Eat well. Live well.
0: We're taking you to Jamaica now, to too the fantastic Miss Lilies. I'm sure many of you have been there, have not heard about it. It celebrates the food, the ambience of the Caribbean, and to make sure their food is as authentic as it gets, we've got head chef Richie Richards, I have to say, best name in Dubai. He's in the studio. How are you, chef? I'm
7: good, I'm good. Thank you for having me today.
0: It's so nice to see you again and thank you for taking time, especially on a Friday when I know it's busy in chef world. Now, tell us a little bit about you growing up in Jamaica. Who was cooking? What were you eating? Take us back
7: there. Okay, so back home, I I grew up eating most of the stuff that we grew on our farm. So my dad was a mechanical engineer and he, he was very big on farming as well. So he had a huge farm with crops and animals in there. So um, all the items that we, we grow on the farm, we would normally eat it at home.
0: That's amazing. So it was like literally farm to table, but within like exactly. a few meters away. Exactly. 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 What were you eating? What?
7: Uh, so we grew everything from tomatoes to cucumbers to okras. And on the farm we had chickens, we had kettles and goats and everything. So for me personally, I never really grew up eating meat. My mom never forced me to eat meat. It was just something I didn't really like growing up, even though my family eat meat.
0: Even jerk chicken?
7: Jerk chicken, oh, yes. No. Occasionally. Okay.
0: Occasionally. Occasionally. So, occasionally. so when, occasionally. You, when did you start to think that actually this is teaching me so much about the world and, you know, produce and seasonality and actually being a chef was something that you wanted to do? Did that take a while or was it an early decision?
7: Uh, to be fair... Um, The decision to become a chef, I never chose to become a chef, to be fair. So, as I said, my dad was big on farming. And on weekends, you know, as a child growing up, you would look forward to getting up in the early morning, you'd do your chores and then you'd watch cartoons or you'd go and play with your friends. Um, Most weekends I had to go to the farm with my dad. So for me, I at first I thought it was a punishment for me. So I was like, okay, cool, I'll do it. That was your Uh,
0: association, like this... this this work, this farm, this, you know, process yeah. to get food is something I have to do in order to do what I want to do. Yes. Yes. What shifted then? What changed?
7: Uh, just over time, I developed a love for the farming as well, my dad. And just planting the crops, sending the crops to them and reaping them and cooking them in the kitchen. My mom, I think that was where the old love for it came about. And then my mom was big on baking and she was always in the kitchen. On Christmas, she would bake cake for the entire community. I would always stay up with her until like 4 a.m. in the morning, just baking. And my favorite part of that was just the bowl. That leftover of the cake mixture, <laughs> it was so good. So that was my inspiration of my All drive to stay up in the morning. All about
0: the batter. Yeah. All right. So then I want to hear about some of the dishes your mum was cooking. For anyone that's not familiar with Jamaican cuisine, are there some, some things that you feel like everybody needs to eat and try that were formative in, in your love of the cuisine?
7: Uh, Aki and sawfish, which is a national dish that's, like, one of my all-time favorite dish. Um There's, we have a lot of dehydrated food as well. So, dehydrated fish, such as red airing, just cooked up with tomato, bell peppers, onion, garlic, and scotch bonnet. Scotch bonnet has to be in everything that is prepared.
0: Okay, this is what worries me. How spicy? Like, what's your tolerance for spice, like, Chef Richard? What's, what, I mean, I can tolerate
7: a lot of spice. Yeah. I can
0: how, how does that translate to Miss Lily's? Because I am I am that person. And when they go, and um, how spicy would you like it? And I just have to say, like, white girl spicy and then make it a little bit more mild, because that's okay. uh, No, so
7: we, I, I try to make the, the dishes neutral for everyone. And Accessible. then if Caribbean person comes in and they're like, um, we're from Jamaica, we're from Trinidad, then I'll turn it up a little bit more for okay. them. All right.
0: Now let's talk about what is on the, the menu at Miss Lily's and how you've translated your upbringing and, you know, you, you're, what you were growing as well, it's something that is suitable for a crowd that some will be really familiar with Jamaican cuisine, some might be having it for the first time and they're just there at Miss for a good time. So what are some of the big menu hits?
7: Okay. Um, jerk chicken, of course, is one of the top, top, top to sellers for there. Then we have our oxtail stew, our curry goat, mm. and these are all authentic Jamaican dishes as well. Uh, my personal favourite is the Escovich fish, which is a whole sea bream, which is almost a a kilo, it is deep fried with pickled vegetables on top. It is very spicy. Oh, and good. then we have like a cassava cake on the side. That to me just brings you back to the island, you're chilling on the beach, just relaxing. Oh, that
0: sounds amazing. Now, you've got a fine balance to tread here because you've got people that were going to be dancing and then you're feeding them. And they're like, oh, we're not going to dance, we're going to sit down for a couple of hours. <laughs> people burning off the calories.
7: I mean, that's what it's all about. So you come in and you heat, you will relax for a bit, have a drink. And then, you know, yeah, it's part of time. And then just before you leave, you're like, you know, we need something to go.
0: I want to talk vegan because you said that, you know, growing up, you weren't eating a huge amount of meat. And, you know, we know the vegan food, it's not even a movement. It's, it, you know, it's just it's here to stay. Um, tell us a little bit about how you incorporate it. Some of the key ingredients that have been really useful for you in the kitchen to be satisfying a huge range of diners.
7: All right, so I've created an entire vegan menu at the restaurant. Whole menu? A whole menu. So um, three starters, three mains, and two desserts, all vegan. And um, I try to go back to my roots when I'm creating this. So all the produce that I grew up eating, I try to source them here and I try to incorporate them in the dish. One other dish that I love, which is uh, a very, very high seller here, it's the vegan burger. The patty itself is made from pumpkin, callaloo, and chickpea. That so callaloo is actually a leafy green vegetable, very similar to spinach, but in my opinion, has a little bit more flavour than spinach.
0: So what then about non-vegan burgers? Because I understand that that's a, one that people are always asking for. Is it not even on the menu anymore?
7: No, it's not. It's, it's, it's never been on the menu.
0: So people just come in and say, I want a burger? Yes. And you go, It, it okay, actually
7: started could... off as a chef special and you just remained as a chef special.
0: So it's like a hidden item on the menu.
7: It is. So if you know, you know. But a lot of persons... everyone knows now. Yeah. Facts. (laughs) Facts.
0: Um, So what makes it special?
7: Um, I'd say because everything is made in-house. The bun, the burger sauce, everything is made in-house. The beef, we we get fresh and we use it. So everything is fresh and made in-house. And I think one of the secret ingredients is actually the sauce. Secret source.
0: Yeah. Um. Now there's no getting away from it. We're Dubai is absolutely booming right now. We've seen tourism figures through the roof. A lot of people loving here, moving here. That wasn't the case a few years ago. We think about the peak of the pandemic and restaurants were hit. No, it wasn't. So so hard. How did you manage at that time to keep your morale up, keep the restaurant going, work with the team? Now we're through the other side of it.
7: Well, the burger was one of the highest selling during, selling item during the pandemic. The to bur- be fair, really? the burger, even did, though it so wasn't you, on the menu So
0: did you guys do delivery during this time? We
7: did, okay. we did And then we also created what we call um, lilies in a Box Where we give um, our patrons the opportunity to prepare the dishes at home With instructions And then they can scan a barcode And they'll be listening to the music that we play in lilies At the same That's time while we're cooking awesome So idea. the jerk chicken, the rice and peas, the plantains, coconut cake All of that in a box, shipped to you would instructions to do it on your grill or in the oven?
0: That's such a
6: great. And idea. That was a huge. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Hit. And this is what you know. It was, you know, necessity, big, big driver for invention. You know, yes, it, was, it is. It really, really was. And we saw a lot of people. I haven't said the word in about a year pivoting um, and restaurants, you know, places where you'd be struggling to get a reservation at any other time were then really hustling to stay top of mind for for a lot of customers when it's like, okay, when we're back, you know, we've been here the whole time and we're just communicating and, you know, eating with you in a completely different way. Now, as I said, Dubai is definitely back It is If anyone's going to come to Miss Lily's over the weekend what do you reckon we should be ordering I have to say I can't get away from the idea of the fish with the pickled vegetables but is there anything else that you feel like you haven't had the Miss Lily's experience until you've eaten
7: what Sh- Chef Richard Okay the cod fritters the jerk corn the patties all of these bring you back to the island for sure
0: And we've got one minute. I want to know a little bit about your Foreign Yard menu. What's that about?
7: Okay, so the Foreign Yard is an activation that we do on Thursday night. This is uh, mostly Jamaican items that we have on on the menu. So it's a set menu that we have selling. And person's come in, the DJ's playing mostly dancehall and reggae music with a little bit of A-pop on afro, of of course. So it, it is just an introduction to the island, pretty much. So all the authentic island dishes that we have, it's on that one menu for that night, including Aki and Sawfish.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. You've got me excited for the weekend. Um, I want to ask you, and I wasn't sure I was going to do this three words summing up your Friday. Come on, c- tell us a little bit, a little insight <sighs> into Head Chef, Richie Rich's mind. How are you feeling this Friday afternoon,
7: sir? Excited, um, grateful, and humbled.
0: Ah, and hungry. Always hungry. Chef, thank you so much for coming in. It's been an absolute pleasure. Even though you didn't bring me any jerk chicken, I'll just have to come to you next time. Next time, Have a 100%. good one. Chef, thank you for joining us from Miss Lily's. This is
2: Farmer's Kitchen
0: on Dubai Eye
1: 103.8. With Spinney's Eat Well, Live Well.
0: In the studio this afternoon, industry insider, food writer, Courtney Brant to give us the latest food news. All right. want to hear your feel good Friday, please, Courtney Brant. In three words, I'm going to go new job energy. Oh, I like it. Yes. Love that little buzz of, you know, possibility yeah, and fun. Exactly. Optimism. You can't say much on air, but I just want to say I'm excited for you. Too. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is personal or professional, but I need your help. Talk to me. It's a, it's a long, it's a long story. It's been a tumultuous relationship with me in my air fryer. Okay. Um, it's, been a, it's been a long, loyal road, but it's time to part ways. Yes, because, it does happen. Because it's disgusting now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm ashamed to use it. And you are actually the person responsible for getting me into uh, the, the life of... This life, this life, this this path that I am treading as the proud owner of an air fryer. Um, so I need some help on terms of which one to get next.
2: So I am deeply proud of that. Uh, and anybody else who's listening who gets an air fryer. so I've, <laughs> I'm a Phillips. It's always been a Phillips. I think I have like the deepest basket one, because okay. it takes up a fair amount of counter space, but I can put three pieces of pizza, I can put like, Two corn cobs. I'm trying to think like the max. I mean, a bucket of fries can go in there. And it's easy to clean. Mine's easy to clean.
0: This is crucial. Mm -hmm. I can't believe this is my life. Um, We're just talking about the pros and cons of air Let's keep going.
2: Okay. Thank you. But ours
0: is super basic. Ours is like on off. Yes. Ours has got no temperature control Uh, or anything. You need that.
2: you definitely need that. So mine has uh, the Phillips, I guess it would be like the higher end one. Deeper basket, more things, uh different temperatures, and a timer. So you can just go bloop, 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 and then put it on eight minutes and then walk away and it's done. Okay.
0: Because ours at the minute, I mean, as I said, I, I, I love him. Of yeah. Um, but yeah, he's pretty basic. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Yep. Any other air fryer uh, lovers out there? We're, you you found your people with Courtney and I. Um, but I'd love your recommendations, please. Do you think you can better the Philips? Um, now, here's oh, Afia saying we recommend the Philips XL air fryer too. Super convenient. Lots of options. Roasting, frying, baking. Stopped using my oven after I've got one of these. Oh, thank you.
2: We don't have a microwave, so
0: no. jets, that's my people. If you take anything mm-hmm. from this show this afternoon, anything, it is this. Um, I recently... Boiled an egg in my air fryer and it has
2: changed my life. You can do it. But imagine how you can do it at a specific temperature at a specific time and you're done. That's it. Okay. Game changer. What a time to be alive. Do you know what you can also put in an air fryer? I'm going to do a fun segue. Cookies. Well, funny you should (laughs) say that because I think
0: there are cookies and then there are cookies. And you have brought in the latter. You know when you have a bite and you go, oh, that's nice. I'll put it aside for later. And you go... 2 seconds later I just need to have one more bite I'll just have I'll have half after the show nope straight back These are next level, Courtney. Who is the person responsible?
2: So we love Sandy's Kitchen. Uh, The cookies you can find under Shop Sandy's Kitchen. And she was a home baker and she has been ready to open her own kitchen officially for a while. Um, So it's uh, just for the Instagram account. It's Shop Sandy's Kitchen. And you will not be disappointed. You will be a hero in any situation you go into, like today, walking into the studio. Yeah, you were very popular very fast.
0: They are absolutely unbelievable. Um, I don't know what flavors she has, but the ones I had was like a really, not just like a a chocolate chip, like a chocolate chunk.
2: Yes. Rich, a little bit of salt I got in there. Uh, She knows what she's doing. I know she uses French butter. I know she uses like premium products. I know she worked for a long time to get these recipes exactly where she wanted them. Okay. I'm on it
0: now. I'm I'm on her website. Influenced. I'm following her. Uh, Dark chocolate chunk and sea salt white chocolate chunk and macadamia and then a Kinder and cornflakes. Sandy, I salute you. Yes. Absolutely delicious. All right, Courtney Brand, let's let's talk about dining alone. Let's do it. Because you are often out and about, and sometimes that's with friends, sometimes that's with your
2: husband. Um, sometimes, is it dining alone? It is. Um, in fact, when I was in Abu Dhabi for World's 50 Best, I had two back-to-back meals by myself, and I enjoy my company immensely. <laughs> so I was reading our book club book, uh, having my meal brought to me, ordering what I wanted, taking my time. Uh, I personally do love a night out by myself. Now, I enjoy my own company. I've got a rich inner life.
0: I think I'm a great chap. Um, but dining out alone... I I find that like a really grown-up thing to do, and I'm just not there yet. Happy to do it with a laptop, have some lunch, you know, do a little bit of work. A book, I would need. My phone, almost definitely. For sure. Is it super grown-up just to go out and have no props and anything?
2: I don't know if I've ever done it, no props. Maybe... Once in Boston, I, like there was like a counter and it was a seafood restaurant, so I could just be there. But in this article that I had sent to you, um, it's it, it's by Vox. They're just kind of saying like, if, if you need those first steps, maybe find a restaurant with a communal table. Maybe find a place that has a chef's table, so you're with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that you know, if that's something like maybe you had a resolution, twenty twenty three, that's the year I'm going <laughs> to dine by myself. That that might be a good place to start somewhere. Like, do you know what? Timeout Market. There that's you go. Great, so, friends it. everywhere. Potential so, friends.
0: I think I would just end up be like. I promise I'm not coming on to you as the waiter, but can you just talk to me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is just platonic, um, but I'm feeling a bit lonely. But good servers and good service to me will always recognize I've dined, you know, Michelin by myself. I've dined multiple places. They know they, they should engage with you. That should be something that should not make any diner feel weird or uncomfortable. They should be like, OK, cool. You're here. Are you here to be alone by yourself or can we engage with you? And that's something that's really important to me. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8.
1: With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: Joining us live in the studio to guide us through the latest food news and get us excited for the weekend is Industry Insider, food writer and broadcaster Courtney Brandt is with us today asking the big
2: questions. Is there a purpose for crinkle cut fries? There is a gastronomic purpose for crinkle cut fries. It is technically a vehicle for crunch and sauce and it stays crunchier longer yes science has been done on this this and is a surface area it is is it really <laughs> it um, is but God i think I'm good I, I, what i liked about this is that um shake shack who has the crinkle cut fry which i oh, deeply love I, I get the cheese because i'm a basic um they they tried other variants they tried the shoestring the waffle and the thick cut but ultimately it was the crinkle cut that won I'm here for it. Yeah, Shake Shack fries are epic. Yes, and I do think they do—they stay crunchier longer, which is another effect of all those ridges. I mean, if we need to do
0: any kind of scientific experiment, I'm here to help on the carbohydrate front. Okay, <laughs> let's talk the weekend. <laughs> let's do it. Where well, where have you been recently that you, that you've rated, Courtney?
2: I have been out and about. Um, I had the chance to go to Josette. Um, Can I just say how much I enjoy saying? just that just that just that uh, it is uh, a beautiful beautiful interior uh, it is next to arts club so kind of DIFC adjacent it's like ICD Brookfield yeah. Yes exactly well. mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of cool space i've heard i mean they're going to they've got live musicians for the afternoon tea they've got this pink and green interior which is out of this world and then late night it's going to be like more music very cool probably past my bedtime um i have only had the tea menu but i'm looking forward to going back soon i'm thinking like a frenchy vibe kind of place what kind of food yeah so i think like a french inspired um maybe we'll see maybe we'll see for book club maybe we will i understand they've got a bell for bubbles
0: so this is the way to capture a lot of hearts
2: just a fun vibe i think uh, i like a restaurant doesn't take itself too seriously but still delivers on everything so that's I'm going to say it again. Just said. Just, said. just said. <laughs> I feel like it's it's something that should be from, like,
0: Les Miserables. Oh, since yes. uh, In DIFC, um, now, your friend Liam was mm-hmm. in the studio last week and he was recommending some of his favourite eateries. And we were talking a lot about how some of the most exciting restaurants in Dubai are unlicensed, yep. standalone, and he was talking about Mono. And I was like, I think I've driven past Mono. And some foodie friends recommended it. So, Sunday night, last weekend... Me and the husband. Do you know what time we went at? You'll appreciate this. Do you know what time we had dinner at? Please tell me 6pm. 6.30? Yes. Mm -hmm. 6.30pm. And it was fantastic. So it's actually owned by two Emirati chefs, but they've brought in an incredible Italian, um, sorry, owned by two Emirati pilots who've brought in an amazing Italian chef. Um, And the food, first of all, really well priced. Yes. Really, really, really quality pasta. Most things under 90 dirhams. Mm -hmm. So we had little meatball bites to start amazing grilled octopus we shared some uh ravioli in like a nice sage butter with crispy sage
2: and i had cannoli amazing and it's very cozy like i think um what i've seen from the pictures it doesn't need to be over the top it doesn't need to be pretentious just do good food do great right great food yeah so that's mine mono mm-hmm. and
0: that's it. it's mine i've totally stolen it from a previous guest but and, i'm we, claiming it for my own
2: uh i think we're also excited because bread ahead oh <gasps> You get the in, you
0: get the scoop. But Four yeah. o'clock. <laughs> We're talking to the founder of Bread Ahead. Um, it's I'm not, let's, listen. I adored Expo 2020, dubai We all did. I had a brilliant time. One of the main reasons I loved it was Bread Ahead. <laughs> So we're going to be talking about where they're popping up for good after four. Um, let's talk about some other other spots. Yes, and some places are new. Some people are launching, relaunching. Tell mm-hmm. us about Atmosphere.
2: So Atmosphere, I, I I was telling someone the other day. It's it's. I said eighty eighth, and then I was like, no, it's one hundred twenty second. So it's yeah. had a big refurb. Um, I have seen uh, photos uh, from this past Tuesday. I'm going to personally go on the twenty third, but it's such a cool space. I can't. I it's just a, I find it a quite a weird space yeah. to
0: be honest, because I feel like it's. A bit airport loungy before in its previous kind of incarnation,
2: and it needed a bit of a a I, bit of a jeuge the juguge i think has been very art deco i'm seeing cool. cool lighting i'm seeing um just really kind of high end so let's see let's see how it goes
0: because i've always kind of wondered because you can't have gas stoves at that height for ah. safety reasons, so they've had to be a bit creative on how they actually cook the food, which I think some chefs are like, well here, you know here's a great challenge, this is what we are going to do instead but we had an amazing afternoon tea there with my parents. I always feel like that's a good thing to do when it you've is. got guests in town. Afternoon tea, like the tallest afternoon tea in the world. But I wonder if there was kind of room to ha- to be yeah be on the map a bit more gastronomically. I,
2: I will report back. If you're looking for a restaurant that's a bit higher as well, that's recently shifted locations, I got to go to Nobu and all the Atlantis uh, going on. to the new location is that bridge suite. Um, that is it that the... The, re- thought the regular the atlantis versus the royal <laughs> atlantis sorry atlantis team you're both beautiful properties but it is so you can't imagine it used to be one suite right and it's you've got views for days you've got you know i got to to meet chef nobu himself there's a sushi counter uh there's a private kind of lounge area it is amazing i think it's it's a better fit for the brand that the fit out's been gorgeous and of course the food is always great where are you going this weekend what are you doing I am going to be filming uh, Moonrise XYZ so I still will still haven't see- been for anyone who's not familiar
0: with Moonrise XYZ t- tell us a little bit about what it's all about because it's almost it's kind of antithesis to a lot of Dubai
2: it is um, but it's it's representing the third culture which I think a lot of people either don't know or they do know it but they haven't seen it on a plate so we have Chef Solomon uh, and his team uh, they've just expanded from 8 seats to 12
5: <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh. it's Uh, it's so cute
2: it is it's unlicensed uh but it's really uh chef solomon's uh journey i think as growing up here and and kind of all the different things that go into what is what is dubai on a plate and Mm. that sounds like a big question but i think in each of his seasons he's really unpacking that and getting into it so um he's a perfect place to for some of the projects i'm working on i want to tell that story so, you're going to be heading there this yes. weekend. Um, I'm sure. to think. What, I'm, going, I'm going
0: to like, I'm going to, to Dosk tonight. If anyone else is familiar with Dubai Shore Sailing Club, they do think a couple of things really well uh, pies, curries, fish and chips, anything kind of beige and comfy, which is what I need at the end of this week. And then we're camping tomorrow. Do you know what I'm taking? <laughs> you're going to
2: take some of the cookies from Sandy's. Kitchen. I haven't
0: prepped you on this. Do you <laughs> okay. know what I'm taking? I'm taking a love sausage.
2: <laughs> I saw on Spinney's. <laughs> I, you know what, Spinny, shout out because you are a creative team and we love it. <gasps> they've got some awesome stuff
0: in for Valentine's Day. Just, they've got, you know how they had the camembert wreath for yes. Christmas, they're doing camembert heart so they've got that and then they've got the love sausage so that's um, I'm, I'm packing that for camping that's the that's the plan just keep keep an eye on your I'll keep an eye on your stories so thank it's you to keep it keep it on <laughs> Helen Farmer Courtney thank you so much
5: My
2: if pleasure. anyone that wants to follow your adventures what's the best way of keeping in touch uh, so I am just underscore Courtney brand underscore everything you can find there including a very fun newsletter which you might want to subscribe to you
0: should subscribe to it if you like food news you like some tongue in cheek uh, banter about what's happening around Dubai and some great recommendations it is is a completely free mail I get it every single Saturday it's one of the highlights of my week um, and if you want Courtney's details just send me a little message saying food and I'll send you the link to her Instagram This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai I
1: 103.8 With Spinneys, eat well, live well
0: We are slowing it down this Friday afternoon forget fast food we are talking slow food, a movement. And joining us now from Chabala, the Media One Hotel, is Chef Anna, the chef de cuisine. They are planning something very special around slow food, and I have questions, Chef Anna. How are you today? I am fine, thank you. What about you? I'm good, thank you. Except I'm worried you're going to make me hungry. So, <laughs> hopefully, good. Good. <laughs> and, uh, I hope hopefully, so. you will
6: come to try this low food as well.
0: Well, I need to understand what it is first because I understand you've got Italian chefs, you've got Giuseppe and and Felici as well coming over for this event. And I understand you you know them. You grew up with them. Is that true?
6: Uh, yeah, yeah. We we know each other. Me and Giuseppe we grow in the same town. Basically, I'm from the south of Sicilia town that is called Licata. It's a small town where basically we live with the, about slow food because we use mainly all the product from our land or mainly we try to do that. Well, t-
0: I, I want to get a bit more of an understanding of what slow food is because I hear that and I'm thinking about, you know, me doing an eight-hour beef bourguignon in my slow cooker. This is not what it's all about. Tell us about the origins, the the history of the slow food movement, Chef.
6: Uh, sure. Uh, slow food movement was established in 1986, and it's a movement born to in the contraposition of uh, fast food. As we know, the fast food is the production of food that um, try to produce as much food we can in a short time to provide uh, as much gas we can slow food is something that has a totally different philosophy basically it's uh, the food that take longer to get produced is the food that uh, take long to be cooked mm-hmm. and is the food that take long to reach the customer since the harvesting the fishing the respect of the biological season of the product, and, uh, it's, uh, the philosophy that evaluated the tradition from the past, bring back all, uh, whatever our answer, ancestor left us uh, during the years. And it's a movement that try to preserve uh, any beauty and uh, any taste and any flavor that uh, any population left in. Every place they've been. Oh, that's beautiful.
0: That's so beautiful. And it's not just about the food. Thank it's you. also kind of celebrating people coming together and talking over food and communicating. And I guess food is, ai don't want to say a ritual, but really putting that front and center, whereas, and I'm certainly guilty of this, you know, grabbing a quick bite, eating it at my desk, just, you know, and, and kind of moving on. This is really
6: enjoying it for, for, for what it is. Am I understanding, Rihanna? Yeah, you understand perfectly. Uh, but uh, especially for uh, the culture where I come from, for us, the, uh, having food is, uh, the most together with your family or with your friend is the most convivial things that can happen during your day. That's why it's, uh, so important for us in our family that usually the lunchtime and dinner time spend with your family. Uh, the idea, uh, of, uh, Sometimes because I'm, I'm sincerely I'm doing the same as you do. I hate my food sitting in the desk. That is something that it makes us a little bit more fast food than slow, slow food. food. <laughs> basically. Yes, yes. So, so tell us how you're interpreting this for,
0: I guess, the menu there at Chabala, and tell us a little bit about the event that you're working on right now.
6: Uh, basically, the menu, uh, both the menu for sixteen and seventeen, have been created by. Me, chef, uh, Faulisi, and Giuseppe. And uh, the menu are uh, practically created uh, to, to um, support the idea of slow food 100%. Some of the ingredients that we're going to use during the dinner have been uh, produced by Faulisi itself, like some kind of flours, because you need to know that Faulisi is producing his own grains to produce his own bread and his own... Pasta. Oh. So he's bringing some of his flowers, some of his the wild herbs are, as well to produce some of the arancini. So basically, we create two menus. One is called the menu de Mori from the first day. The Mori, it was the, they were the Arabic population that have been in Chile for almost 300 years. And uh, we used to call them Mori as a uh, substitution of Arabic. So <laughs> there were all the Arabic population been there. And all the menu is inspired by Arabic culture. All the sweet and sour, the dessert as well, many flavors that you will find inside the menu are a derivation of Arabic culture. And the second menu on 17, instead is called the menu of Monsou. Mm-hmm. The Monsou, they were the chef that they were serving the Bourbonic Empire family, the rich family uh, in Sicily and uh, in Naples. And uh, in all the South Italy, basically. And the chef have uh, been, uh, they were called uh, themselves Monsu, as a shortage of Monsier from the French oh, word.
0: Interesting. Yes. So, what are you looking forward to cooking and serving? You mentioned arancini there, you know, handmade pasta and bread. What else is going to be on the menu?
6: Uh, well, uh, we had some uh, very traditional recipe, like the caponata with uh, the original Sicilian recipe. Panella that is something that barely you find in Dubai because it's something that belongs so much to Sicily culture. Mm-hmm. And it's just a fritter done with the chickpeas flour, uh, put in a very soft and crunchy bread that you will have. So just sprinkle with it a little bit of lemon juice and black pepper. Then you will have one dish that is very famous because we are going to use this word fish coming directly from Italy, and swordfish in Italy is something that we use a lot in our culture. And uh, something very beautiful for the first time, I will bring one dish that in seven years I've been in the UAE. I never see in any restaurant here in, uh, either in Dubai what or Abu Dhabi. it? It's a simple, my, my wonderful pasta done just with cauliflower, mm. and uh, we call in Sicilian dialect arreminato. It means uh, uh, that we cook, and recook the cauliflower, and until it becomes a little bit golden, crunchy, and then uh, we just increase the flavor with some raising pine nuts, and it's coming a wonderful dish because the creaminess of cauliflower will be perfect with pasta, and it's delicious, really. So I'm very happy to bring oh, it. That sounds
0: amazing. And lastly, anything on the dessert menu? Can we can we do a slow dessert, Chef Anna?
6: Yeah, of course, the slow dessert f- will be for sure a canolo with ricotta cheese, because that one is when you think to Sicily, for sure you will think about canolo siciliano, mm-hmm. And uh, it will be done by us, stuff and fill it with the ricotta and everything produced by us. And the second day, we will have one dessert that as well is very, it's not really common in Dubai. Uh, we call the cheese, a shoe paste fried and stuff with the, uh, cheese and there are some cherries and chocolate oh, to make very yummy.
0: Sounds amazing. <laughs> now this, you are going to have to book ahead for this. Um, you can of course book there at Ciabella. It's just two days and they've got master chefs flying in from Italy to join Chef Anna Alemo who's just been speaking to us now. Chef, I'm going to let you get back to planning, cooking, getting ready for what sounds like an incredible couple of days. Thank you so much for your time and uh, you for and you. for the education as well, the slow food movement movement right here in Dubai. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye
1: 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well.
0: We are talking food today and it was the breakout star of Expo's food scene. A place that only did a couple of things but did them so well. Pizza and donuts. Oh my goodness, the queues were out of the door for this bakery. And then Expo closed its doors. And we were sad that we would never eat bread ahead again. Fast forward though to this week... And it's back for good. Matthew Jones is with us now, the founder of Bread Ahead. He's speaking to us from Dubai because you're here now. How are you, Matthew?
8: Hey, Ellen. Yes, great. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a lovely. B- so it's
0: oh, great to be here. It's great to have you back in Dubai. We met in the bakery um, during Expo and had a a big chat. And I remember just kind of looking at you with these pleading eyes or going, Please come back, Matthew. Please open a bread ahead in Dubai, and as of this week, we can say that. Um, well, my personal dream has come true. Um, let's uh, let's go back in time a little bit. For anyone who's not familiar with you guys, can you tell us the origin story? Where and when did bread ahead get started?
8: Okay, so um, well, my background was a chef um, all my working life, and then I took the mad notion to set up a bakery business in Borough Market. So we opened it 10 years ago. We opened in Borough Market, right in the centre of London. And it was just, a you know, it just worked from day one. Sourdough bread, we we do um, our amazing overfilled donuts. We teach baking as well. We have a school. So all sorts of things in the baking world go on under the Bread Ahead roof.
0: And then tell us how the Expo 2020 Dubai opportunity came about and why you decided to take it.
8: Well, yeah, that was it. we got a direct message on Instagram one
0: day, and it was just like,
8: "Do you want to come and do a a, um, a bakery an Expo?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> why, why not? Sounds like a challenge." And I didn't had no idea what to expect. Um, and I mean, well, it was just a success. I mean, it, it, we had the right thing at the right time and it was just the magic. The stars were aligned and, and we just, you know, we hit the ground running from day one. So,
0: As I said, it was one of the biggest hits on the Food Front at Expo and there was tough competition. I mean, a lot of people went and did eating tours. There were the whole Facebook group set up to, you know, what where, what are you going to go and eat at Expo? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? And as I said, the queues were absolutely out of the door. Were you surprised by the response, Matthew?
8: Yeah, I was I was blown away to be honest I can remember the first day that we opened back it was the October um, and I was upstairs we've got the bakery there I was upstairs just getting everything ready with the guys um, came downstairs we opened the doors and there must have been a hundred people outside waiting and I mean it was it was a it was a really emotional moment I mean it was like it just blew me away it was just wow I never expected that.
0: As I said Pizza's incredible. I it was the lemon curd donuts that really stole my heart. What were some of the big hits with visitors to Expo?
8: I mean, the donuts are always the thing that sort of gets centre stage. But then, really, we've got a lot of other products. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a much bigger range here in the in our new bakery. So we've got the the whole offer. We're doing our sourdough bread. We're doing the, the pastries. All of it.
0: Now, let's find yeah. out. Where are you now open permanently here in Dubai? Where can we find bread ahead right now?
8: Okay, so you come you come to the Mall of the Emirates, you um walk along to the level one. So I mean the the nearest sort of um sort of big signpost is really Arabica coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the yeah. um, Okay,
0: I'm with you. Yeah.
8: And we are directly opposite.
0: Okay, I know exactly. So you're kind of near like marina home around that area near around that That exactly marina home dead opposite yeah yeah okay this is this is i know where you are head for marina
8: home and you're there so it's kind of next to home
0: center marina home underneath the extension under where kind of common grounds okay this is this is all good information thank you because i'm going to be coming on monday
2: you're listening to farmer's kitchen on dubai
0: i
1: 103.8 with spinnies eat well live well
0: Cast your mind back to Expo 2020 Dubai. Cast your mind back to lemon curd donuts, giant slices of pizza, and queues out the door. It was, of course, Bread Ahead, oh so conveniently located next to our permanent studio there at Expo 2020. And then Expo was over, and we had to say goodbye. But fear not, if you were one of those people like me who couldn't get enough, it is back. It's here, it's opened in Mall of the Emirates just a couple of days ago and we've got the founder Matthew Jones joining us in the on the line. Um, Matthew, tell us a little bit about what goes into the decision to find a location. What are some of the questions you're asking yourselves when you're trying to find a spot for moving to Dubai permanently? What What, what were you looking for?
8: Yeah, good question. I mean, one of the big ones really is the association of other brands who have got the same kind of following as us. Mm. You know, we're looking for those younger fresh brands that are emerging into the into the food
0: scene and as i said it's more of the emirates You're you've got your coffee scene you've got you know some really complimentary places upstairs what about the menu um as i said earlier lemon curd donuts massive slices of pizza but some really amazing baked goods as well how are you adapting the menu and adding to it for the new space
8: um, so we've got a few new things that we've developed for the Middle East audience. So we've got the Zatar croissants. We've got some uh, turkey cheese croissants that are really delicious, actually. They're a bit of a, um, a sort of Middle East version of a ham and cheese croissant, but um, really delicious and moist and cheesy and bechamelly.
6: Mm. Um,
8: we've got what's new on the uh, oh the bridge rolls. They're a real big hit. So they're very sort of classic Little English thing, like a little mini bridge roll smoked salmon, cucumber, those sort of flavours. So really traditional and quite British.
0: Will you have the lemon curd donut? We've had a number of messages, questions and concerns that that, that the Uh, same donuts from Expo are going to be there. Uh, we've got. We've actually got every single
8: flavour except the lemon. What? Syrup. I can soon do it. I can soon. <laughs> Matthew. I can soon sort that out.
0: Please, I'm coming in on Monday. If you wouldn't mind, I'd appreciate it. Um, and lastly, I've heard news I'll about. See to it, Helen. Thank you, sir. Uh, bakery school, more education, more cooking classes. What can we expect on that front at Bread Ahead?
8: Oh, all of it. We're developing the whole. The whole brand is being developed here. So we're, we're looking for other locations. We will do the baking school. Yeah, there's there's a lot planned over the next three years. So it's a it's a big project.
0: Well, I have to say, um, I did a little dance when I heard that you're back. So personally and professionally, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I know an awful lot of people judging by the message we've got today, really thrilled to have Bread Ahead here on a permanent basis. Matthew, I'm going to let you get back to uh, your no pleasure. doubt very busy day as you as you open those doors and welcome some hungry customers there. Matthew Jones speaking to us, the founder of Bread Ahead here on Farmer's Kitchen. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye
1: 103.8. With spinnies. Eat well. Live well.
0: I am so intrigued and I'm not gonna lie, a little bit nervous about our next segment because joining me in the studio is Marianne Dahan of Marianne's Fresh Produce. We're talking flower power this afternoon. She grows edible flowers in the desert for some of Dubai's top restaurants, the ones that, you know, have been awarded multiple gongs, Michelin Stars. I'm talking Tristan Studio, Nobu, Oceano, Hakasan. This is the that finishing touch, with the chef there with his tweezers putting on a beautiful bloom. Marion, how on earth did you get into this? How are you?
5: Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Um, that's a good question. Um, I think it started really from uh, having an interest in agriculture and sustainability and wanting to do something with that. Um, moving here like nine years ago, seeing that almost everything's imported, uh, being from a country that grows a lot of produce. The and from- Netherlands. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Flower capital of the world. <laughs> exactly.
5: Um, I thought, okay, uh, look, we have a really harsh climate here, but what is there that we can do? And then I learned about aquaponics and hydroponics and indoor farming. And then I was thinking, oh, that's actually something that makes sense in this context um, so that we don't have to import anything that obviously has like a big carbon footprint. And then secondly, also you get better quality and freshness if you can grow it locally. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I started looking into that and um, thinking, okay, what can I do as a small farmer? And I talked to some chefs and looked at what other small farmers are doing. And then I saw edible flowers. (laughs) I thought like, what is more fun to grow than edible flowers? And they're so beautiful. I mean,
0: you've brought some in. So if anyone's watching on Facebook now you can have a little look with it but i mean in terms of the colours got this really vibrant red orange we've got this kind of periwinkle blue mm-hmm. lilac beautiful yellow little baby pansies mm. here's the question who establishes what's edible and what's not in the flower world <laughs> that, that sounds a- like an
5: experiment <laughs> it is a, a good question because there are some flowers that are very poisonous so you do have to know what you're doing so some, I think, is like, who establishes that a cucumber is edible? Like, these things are n- known. <laughs> who, mil- who milks
0: a cow for the first time? Yeah,
5: exactly. For example. And there are some papers written about, like, or books, uh, you know, with uh, researchers or, or that know which which flowers are edible so or So what not. are you
0: growing, Marianne? Tell us a little bit about what's in your garden. Um,
5: <laughs> uh, we have... Uh, a wide variety. So we have some that are more uh, sweet, for example, or have a sweet smell. That's like sweet alyssum is one that you have there with you as well. Which one's the sweet alyssum? That's the one with the, like all the teeny tiny flowers. This gorgeous little, yeah, this yes, little number. yeah, that one. So smell it. It smells <gasps> really... Yeah. This is when if it smells you, like honey. Exactly. If you drive up to our farm now and get out of the car, this is what you smell because the smell is so powerful. It like it's everywhere. Can I taste it. Yeah, but then taste it and it will taste totally different than the smell. Actually, so do I, let's not ask a silly no, question. No, just eat the whole thing. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll eat while you talk about it. Okay. okay? So uh, what you'll probably taste is more of like mm. a mustardy, kind of savory. Uh, it does it doesn't taste how it smells at all. No, exactly. So it's kind of surprising. Okay. Um so uh, but I I do really like that. And there's a little tiny purple pinkish flower in there in the corner. You see um, that one, yeah. Okay. So that's a sorrel flower. Try that one and tell me what you think. You have <laughs> such
0: a mischievous look on your face. I'm like, what, what No, am no, I- no,
5: I love this one.
0: Mm. mm. That's really strong. Yeah. Given that the flower looks so delicate, the yeah. flavour is really intense. Yeah.
5: How do you describe that flavour? For me, it's um both sweet and sour. So I, mm. I liken it to, you know, that sweet and sour candy you have as a kid. Yeah. But then like but makes m- mouth more water.
0: natural. What? This, but it, but it kind of makes your mouth water.
5: Yeah, exactly. So I, I love, for me, that's like if I go around the farm and I feel like a little treat, I pop one of these.
0: <laughs> I want to hear about the farm. Can you paint us a picture of where um, you're growing these flowers, okay, Marianne? So yeah,
5: yeah. So, um, uh, most of what we do is we grow indoors so it, basically you have to drive all the way down Dubai, bay lane road past um the the camel race uh, track etc uh and then you you get off the lane road in the direction of the desert and then you'll see like a big farm plot there and there, there's an like a villa there or an old villa And so it's not what you expect. And then you will go around the corner and suddenly see like a big net house full of flowers. Actually, you'll smell it before you see it. The sweetelissum you just smelled. Um, And in there, yeah, we grow a wide variety of flowers. And then even more surprising is when you go in the back of that villa and open the door. And there you'll find the majority of our flowers in racks. We grow like... Between three to five levels on top of each other, all kinds of flowers.
0: Tell us then about how you work with chefs. Um, how do you kind of match make some of the flowers to some of the flavors that they might be working with? And how do they incorporate the flowers in the menus?
5: Um, yeah, so it really depends. Like some chefs um, for pastry, often it's a lot about a pop of color and mm-hmm. maybe not too strong of a flavor, because some, like you said, have a very strong flavor or a very strong savory flavor. Um, so then it's something like a pansy they would use and we have some like um, just in a studio has, uses a lot of the flowers for the actual flavors so, um, so what else
0: have we got I want to try something else <laughs>
5: Yeah, good I'm so glad I got you doing <laughs> this so there's a big red flower I'll show okay, this, you that's a nasturtium flower a nasturtium yeah. yeah so yeah so try that it's one got quite
0: a neutral smell there's not a huge scent to it no I'm gonna have a petal Okay. No, no, you the have to, to eat the whole thing. Oh my goodness. Okay, while I eat, you can tell me uh, what, yeah. what you taste when you have it. Uh,
5: okay. Does this
0: count as one of my five a day? I feel like this, this is healthy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it
5: is very healthy. Okay. I think this one's actually particularly good for your eyes. So. Okay,
0: this is perfect. She <laughs> yeah. says wearing her reading glasses. Okay, yeah. going in, Marianne. Tell us about the, t- the flavour profile. Uh, so
5: this one has quite a bit of a kick for it. At First, you'll uh, taste a bit of the sweetness of the, mm-hmm. the, the nectar, basically. Oh, that's a kick. Yeah, there. And then comes this kick, this very spicy, like watercress kind of kick that you get it's quite peppery uh, yeah 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 um peppery oh, yeah. watercress spice that's what you get so that one definitely you need to incorporate as an ingredient into so yeah basically some of the chefs will know already they're familiar with flowers uh and they'll ask me oh can you grow this for me can you grow that or sometimes it's i'll bring stuff hey we've been trying this what do you think? What do you taste? How do you think you can use it? So it's very much a collaboration, I would say.
0: And tell us then about the picking and the, you know, going back into Dubai City. How how quickly are you able to get from growing to kitchen?
5: Yeah, yeah. so um, like the standard, the team sort of starts at 5.30 a.m. every morning. Uh, so I would have processed like all the orders the evening before. So everything is ready for them. They know what, what they need for that day. So they harvest and package everything up, and then around nine, nine thirty, oh, well, between eight and nine, they'll be ready. We get all the paper, you know, all the paperwork ready, and um, so that our team member will leave into the city and start delivering them. So you know, by that afternoon or that evening, it can be on your plate. And these were just harvested an hour ago.
0: <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So. Every flower that's harvested is going to be used yes. that same day? Yeah. Well, or well, it's going to be in the kitchen that exactly, same day? Exactly, yeah. That's, okay. And I want to ask about that sustainability piece because we know just yeah. how important growing local, eating local is. Mm-hmm. What about some of the growing practices as well? Marianne, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, I guess encouraging growth in a sustainable, healthy way?
5: Yeah. Um, sustainability is really important to us um, because, I mean, that was one of the main reasons I started doing this. So uh, growing sustainably, I think, comes through in in several ways. And I think like one of my team members said, sustainability is a a process. So we're always learning more and always trying to do better and Mm -hmm. find out what. But some of the things are, um, so we grow indoors. uh, So it's year round. So it's a more protected environment. So automatically we don't have to use um, uh, pesticides per se and anyway because it's a flower you can't wash it we we don't use any chemical pesticides because it has to be safe for you to eat um, and then so uh, things we do is look at more um, you know a lot of climate control but also things like using beneficial en- uh, insects so sort Ooh, of the enemy watch. of my enemy is my friend <laughs> Yes. Um, like uh, we'll have uh, insects uh, either there's like companies that can provide you with uh, that we get from like uh, predator insects is what we call them. And they will come and eat anything bad, basically, because that's their dinner. Um, Or uh, we have, and what we also do is like interplant different flowers. Uh, So
0: kind of complementary planting. Yeah, exactly.
5: That complementary, and also like, uh, for example, the sweet alyssum attracts lacewings, which are predators of like whitefly and a few other things. So they automatically attract the the insects. All of the other flowers need to protect them. So it's, it's so really marvelous. Clever. Yeah, That's yeah. So
0: so clever how yeah. it all kind of comes together. Yeah,
5: exactly. And what? then oh yes, no,
0: I wouldn't know what else is in the pot. Okay, think- no,
5: no. But then it's for me. It's also it's like how we grow, trying to limit water use because mm. obviously water here is a very limited resource. Um, uh, it's a choice
0: though isn't it that's the thing whether it's a chef looking to source local ingredients or a farmer looking to grow in a more sustainable way it's not necessarily going to be the easiest thing every time but you have to try yeah it's
5: definitely not the easiest thing uh, always Uh, but I think it is like I think it is we need to do it. it is the future and it's really important and uh, for me personally it's very important I think a lot of chefs It's also very important to them, Mm -hmm. and they can see it in in the produce. And it's not only how we grow, it's also looking at our packaging. Like, for some, we've been able to find um, compostable packaging. For some others, it's still a bit of a challenge. But it also depends on the whole environment as Dubai, uh, what kind of... Initiat- other initiatives. There yeah, are. Yeah, it becomes it can, becomes
0: yeah. a kind of a collaboration of. Oh, I yeah. know someone that does this, and you yeah, yeah, oh, so that and can and help
5: so. us. That's something we're struggling with, or, you know, uh, oh, if we do this together, then we can get this in, or it can be produced here. So it's it's very interesting and I, definitely a process. And yeah. how
0: big is the team now? Because you've gone uh, from yourself. Yes, to-
5: <laughs> just used to be me doing everything, uh, to now uh, twelve. So I'm very oh. proud of that. Yeah,
0: I had a message here saying this sounds like my dream job. <laughs>
5: So yeah, oh, that's, that's so cool. So uh,
0: if anyone wants to find out more about yeah. your produce and I guess your your ways, what's the best way? Of it? You're on Instagram, I Yes,
5: we're on Instagram, Marianne's Fresh Produce. That's it's it.
0: so wholesome. <laughs> I'm, okay, we're gonna have one last nibble.
5: Okay. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. W- what should we have? Um, I'm trying to think. Try the bright blue one, borage. I don't know. There's if In you- two blue, there's one that's quite delicate, and there's one. This, which one uh, uh, no tried that one this, this one. one okay yeah. tell it no. tell us about this little guy borage so the flower it's, is... it's quite a thick stalk yeah, yeah thick but you g- should eat the stalk because the stalk has lots of flavor actually okay
0: all right so, so you're in. eating the
5: whole thing as once one, right two, yeah, yeah. Three, the, go. okay there so this the flower itself i almost find also again a bit of sweetness flowery mm. and then the stalk has this siltiness it's almost like some liken it to even bits of oyster in there. really? really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you can taste that, but definitely that siltiness, that that savouriness.
0: I'm never going to look at a plate in the same way again. I was thinking, (laughs) what you need is (laughs) (laughs) nasturtium.
2: Mission accomplished. Thank you so,
0: so much. What's the plan for the future? What are you hoping to Um, scale up, work with more? you Are happy with your little farm for now? uh,
5: Very happy with where we are now, but also seeing so many more possibilities, hoping to work with more chefs, and grow lots of new, cool, interesting varieties as well.
0: Well, massive congratulations. It sounds like you've gone from, you know, account manager to flower farmer <laughs> with some Michelin stars along the way. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. Marianne Dehan joining us this afternoon from Marianne's Fresh Produce. Thanks for being with us on this episode of Farmer's Kitchen. You can tune in live every single Friday afternoon between 2 and 5 on Dubai I 103.8.